Let us be attentive. O Lord, how magnificent are your works. You have made all things in wisdom. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, you know that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by works of the law shall no one be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ we ourselves are found to be sinners, is Christ then an agent of sin? Certainly not. But if I build up again those things which I tore down, then I prove myself to be a transgressor. For I through the law died to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Peace be to you, the reader. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us be At that time, there came to Jesus a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he besought him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she was dying. As he went, the people pressed around him, and a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years had spent all her living upon physicians, and could not be healed by anyone, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. Immediately her flow of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the multitudes surround you and press upon you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone forth from me. 
And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, a man from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she shall be well. And when he came to the house, he permitted no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and bewailing her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, some years ago, a young and very successful executive named Josh was traveling down a Chicago neighborhood street, and he was going at a rapid clip in his brand new, sleek, black, 12-cylinder Jaguar XKE. As his car sped along, suddenly a brick sailed out and wham! It smashed right into the Jag's shiny black side door. The brakes slammed and the gears ground into reverse while his tires madly spun Josh back to the spot from where the big brick had been thrown. Josh jumped out and of the car grabbed the kid, pushed him up against a parked car started shouting at him, what's that all about and who are you? That's my new jag and that brick that you threw is going to cost you a lot of money. Why did you throw it? Please, mister, please, I'm sorry. I didn't know what else to do, said the little boy. I threw the brick because no one would stop. And tears were dripping down the boy's chin as he pointed around the parked car. It's my brother, mister, he said. He rolled off the curb and he fell out of his wheelchair, and I can't lift him up. Sobbing, the boy asked the executive, would you please help me get him 
back into his wheelchair. He is hurt, and he's too heavy for me to lift. So moved beyond words, the young executive tried desperately to swallow the rapidly swelling lump in his throat. Straining, he lifted the young man back up into his wheelchair and took out his handkerchief, wiped the scrapes and the cuts, checking to see that everything was going to be okay. He then watched the young brother push him down the sidewalk toward their home. It was a long walk back to his sleek black new car, a long and slow walk. Josh never did fix the side door of his jag. He kept the dent to remind him not to go through life so fast that someone has to throw a brick at him to get his attention. My brothers and sisters, there was a man who didn't speed through life so hurriedly that he couldn't notice the people and the needs around him. There was a man who always had time to come to the aid and the service of others. There was a man who came not to be served, but to serve. That man was the God-man, Jesus Christ. A couple examples of Christ's giving of himself to others are found in this morning's Gospel reading. Now at the very beginning of the eighth chapter of Luke, we read, After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. As Jesus traveled through Galilee, Judea, and all the surrounding areas, crowds followed him, people pressed in upon him, and all sorts of people were constantly bringing their children and their sick loved ones to him for blessings and healings. And he stopped and took notice of each of them. For example, as he is traveling through Galilee, no doubt with a particular destination and purpose in mind, a man named Jairus approaches Jesus, and Jesus stops to hear him. Jesus pauses, gives his full attention to this man, and listens to his plea to come and heal his dying daughter. So Jesus diverts his course to head to Jairus' home. But then what happens? A woman who is sick reaches out and secretly grabs and touches Jesus' clothes. Even though he is on an urgent mission to save the life of a little girl, again he pauses. He takes the time to ask who touched him because he knows that power went forth from him. The trembling and healed woman comes forth and Jesus looks into her eyes, saying, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Having paused to heal and speak to this ailing woman, and he continues on towards Jairus' home. The report comes to Jesus that the girl has died, and so he should not bother coming any longer. But instead of 
turning back towards his original intent and destination, he takes the time to go to the home, enters the room of the little girl, takes her by her little hand, and says, Child, arise. And she is restored to life because Christ took the time to visit her, to touch her, to bestow his life-giving power on her. We see here, beloved, the divine example of God in the flesh, the creator of time itself, taking the time to minister to those in need. We see in Jesus the holy model of a life of service, where he went about not in a frenzy, so as not to notice anything but his own needs, but in a manner that was attentive to the things around him. I know all too well myself that we live in a time when time has drastically sped up, so much that we can't even catch our breath. But as stewards of time, we must pause and take notice of what is truly necessary and needful. Time is probably the most precious commodity that God has entrusted us with because it is within time itself that we are working out our eternal destiny, hopefully our salvation. So this begs the question, what are we doing with the little time we have been assigned? How much of it do we use for good? How much for evil? How much of it do we commit to God? Or how much do we waste and squander? How much do we offer to our church, to her ministries, and to the people directly around us? In Shel Silverstein's book, The Missing Piece, there was a circle that was missing one of its pieces. So the circle traveled widely in search of this piece. This condition, however, caused it to move rather slowly. And as a result, the circle was able to enjoy the scenery. It admired the flowers and the oceans. It chatted with the butterflies and the worms. It soaked in the sunshine, the rain, and the snow. When at last it discovered its missing piece, it was naturally able to roll along at a much more rapid pace, but much too quickly to be able to notice or appreciate anything in its environment. So the circle stopped, left its piece to the side of the road, and moved on rejoicing in the fact that it could take its time. In the hustle and bustle of life, my brothers and sisters in Christ, are we missing out on the joys, the opportunities, indeed the necessities of the limited time allotted us? Are we missing out on the opportunities to offer back to God the gift and accountability of time 
whether it be in prayer, in worship and liturgy, in caring for and visiting others, or in the voluntary service of his church, your parish. Slow down and make time, as once uh, Miss Piggy said to Kermit the Frog. It is not only the scenery you miss by going too fast, you also miss the sense of where you are supposed to be going and why. So to Jesus Christ, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, who is, who was, and who is coming, be the power and the glory forever. Amen.